equitable helps organizations to make you know data driven people decision. That's the core of what it is. Because at the end of the day, people spend so much time at work. We are using data to make decisions about our product, about our marketing strategies. What about the most important resources, which is our people? Why is that the place where we use our gut feel? A lot of times the gut feel could be wrong, could be off, right? And so that's the core. We want to enable companies to make better decisions. That was Equitable co-founder and CEO, Joseph Ifiegbu. And in this episode, it was really great to sit down with Joseph and talk about his career path that led him to co-founding Equitable, his early passion for data, how he combined that with his love of soccer, and how he felt about moving from the data science space over to people analytics. And we'll be right back with that conversation after a brief word from our sponsor. Support for the Redefining HR podcast comes from PIN. PIN is building the world's first employee-centric communications tool, powering fast-growing companies like Shopify, Rubrik, and Sneak. Automate messages across the employee journey so you never miss an opportunity and your employees are supported every step of the way. From onboarding to becoming a new manager and more, PIN helps companies communicate at scale. Go to pinhq.com for more information. That's P-Y-N-H-Q.com. Reinvent communications for the distributed workforce. And now, on to the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Redefining HR Podcast. I'm your host, Lars Schmidt. And today, I'm going to be sitting down with Joseph Ifiegbu. Joseph is the co-founder and CEO of Equitable. And we're going to get into his new business, his, his deep background in data science and people analytics and how it led him to what he's building now. So, uh, Joseph, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I'd love to have you start with just uh, an introduction for the audience. Yes, I'm Joseph. I am one of the co-founders and, and CEO of Equitable. Um, you know, like, yeah, started my background, my, uh, my, my journey in analytics, right? So I've just, I've been in analytics my whole career. Um, about five years ago, I joined uh, People Analytics, the People Analytics domain. And yeah, from there, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been an incredible journey journey ever since. So really excited to be here to just chat about uh, my journey and Equitable as a company. You obviously mentioned you started your background in data science, you shifted towards people analytics, now you're building a new company, but you've always worked in this kind of analytics data space. Like where does that come from? What, what drew you to numbers to begin with? For me, like there've been two things I've always been, I've always been good at. Uh, it was math uh, and, and sports, right? So I played, I played soccer, I did track uh, basically my whole life. Um, and I came, I actually came to the US uh, on a soccer scholarship. Um, and so at some point <laughs> during my college, I realized I'm like, okay, well, look, I'm not gonna go pro <laughs> with, with soccer, uh, right? But so what else am I good at? What's the other thing I'm good at that I can just pursue um, and be competitive in, at that? And, and it, was, it was math and statistics. And so I went, went on that route, studied math, um, went to business school, did statistics. Um, and then really just got into, um, into like just the, the analyst jobs and started working. And, you know, it was just this, what, like, you know, when you take numbers, this raw numbers, <laughs> and then you just, you do some sort of analysis and you get some sort of insight that you present it. And people are like, oh my gosh, that feeling, right? That feeling of whereby you, you've done the analysis and you've like, you've taken raw materials and you've created something. That feeling was so good that I was like, 
I never want this feeling to end. <laughs> I always, I, I want to keep doing this my whole career. And I just stuck to it and I just enjoyed it. It's just been, an, just been incredible. It's just, I don't, there's nothing like analytics, right? Just raw materials, insight, that journey. It's beautiful. Uh, so that's, that's why I've been in this space ever since. Yeah. Well, look, now that I knew that you grew up playing soccer and came to the States on a soccer scholarship, I've got to talk to you about, you know, one of your earlier jobs in your career, which was actually a, a data scientist and analyst for Arsenal Football Club. So t- tell me a little bit about that role now that, you know, before, because I didn't, you know, I didn't know you played soccer before this. Obviously, I saw Arsenal on your resume and that stood out to me. I was like, that must have been a really fun job. But knowing that you had a lifelong passion for soccer as well, what was that job like for you? Uh, it was incredible. It was incredible. Uh, it was actually it's one of those, like, I didn't actually know because the way they posted the job, funny enough, was just like sports analyst, right? I didn't know it was actually for Arsenal. I didn't, they didn't want to advertise it. So I just applied. I went through the whole interview process. They think they used some random name. Went through the whole interview process, just thinking, okay, some sports analyst job. And then it was when I came into the office, when they were giving me the office to sign, that I saw, I'm like, I saw Arsenal. And I was like, wait, this is the job. They're like, yeah, we didn't want to like post it because... We didn't want a lot of people. We just want people that had a passion for sports that could also do numbers. And I was like, whoa. And so, and so the, what, the job was so incredible because, you know, it was it mixed two, two, two loves of mine, right? Soccer, which I love, and then math and analytics and statistics, which I love, right? And so this job, and what I ended up doing was I... I watched games, <laughs> which was a dream. So I was, I'm at work, I'm watching games, but I'm also looking at the numbers of the players, right? Like things like different, I mean, they were capturing using like machine vision and stuff like that. All the move, all the statistics, right? Shots on goal, shots on target, passes completed, like shots in the 18 yard box, like all this like statistics. And then we use those numbers for in-game, like, like in-game um, like strategy, right? And so, we will create a strategy and say, for example, oh, you're playing against this team. Well, looking at the numbers of that team and looking at our numbers, you are, they are actually weaker on the left-hand side. So you should attack more from the left-hand side. You should actually cross it more because they are weak aerially. They don't know how to like defend aerially. So you should bring in more crosses. Like we will create this strategy using all the statistics and things that we ran. And then we'll, we'll have meetings with the coaching staff on a weekly basis and then we'll, they will take some of those um, those strategies and then implement it during trainings to the point where by sometimes when we watch, we're watching the games, we're like, oh, yeah, they, they're doing what we said. Like, they're doing that. Obviously, like, they could like, choose not to, and but you can see some of those elements during the game. And that was just incredible to just see that day to day. So I, I had such a blast uh, working at the job. Yeah. Were, were you an Arsenal um, supporter before? And, and are you are you now? Or did you have another <laughs> EPL team that was like your team? And you're like, oh, I gotta, I'm, now I'm helping Arsenal do better. So that was a running joke because I'm a Man U fan, Manchester United fan. Ah, uh, yeah. Same, same. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. See, yeah. I, knew, I, knew, I knew we were going to be friends. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a Man U fan. So there was a running joke every time like, Man U played Arsenal in the, uh, in the office. Like there was a joke the whole week. And then they were like, yeah, you're not touching the data this week. <laughs> like, uh, like, it was sabotage them. But, uh, it was, but I, you know, because of that, even though, like, obviously, like, the rivalry, man, you and Arsenal and all of those, um, because I work there, I have this um, soft spot for Arsenal, even though I'm a Man U fan. So, I, like, I want to see them win. 
I want to still do well. Uh, so it's it's an interesting uh, place to be. For sure. Just uh, two, two weeks a year, you'll, you'll want to see the Blues. Other than that. Uh, <laughs> Other than that, yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. Um, so you, so obviously, you know, that, that was uh, an amazing experience in your own career. And then, you know, you kind of moved over to the people analytics space. So both at, uh, at WeWork and Snap, uh, before you launched Equitable, uh, you know, you were kind of focused on the people analytics space. What was that transition like for you? Like, were you were you consciously saying, like, I, I want to now, uh, you know, apply this background towards the people analytics space? Like, what was that transition from like more pure kind of data analysis and data science to applying that specifically to people? So the last job actually that I had before getting into people analytics was uh, was at Toys R Us, and at Toys R Us, I I one of my jobs, um, one, my my actual role was a lot of the experiments that they were like A-B testing experiments that they run in, in store. And so what, it, what, what, what I would actually do was, well, like looking at the behaviors of shoppers and then how we should place, um, we should place like different products in the store based on the behaviors, the shopping behaviors. So we're starting to see like kind of like the decisions that people made. And I'll give you an example. We would look at, well, people that bought pacifiers, did they buy baby formula, right, as well, when they came to the store? And if we saw that people that bought pacifiers, for example, bought baby formula, like there's a high probability that they bought it, what we'll start doing is like this market basket analysis. What we'll start doing was we'll start placing the pacifiers next to the baby formula in the store to drive, to increase growth, right? We've seen those kind of, oh, how, how do people shop? What are the patterns? And so already at that point, I started getting fascinated with like, decisions, human decisions. And I'm like, how that, you know, how we're using analytics to drive growth. And so when I was, you know, um, leaving uh, Toys R Us at the time, I was like, okay, well, I'm, you know, I've, I've, been here, I've been here for a while and I was trying to make the next move. I started looking at jobs and I saw this role randomly. I'm just there looking online. I saw people analytics. I'm like, what is this? Because in my head, I'm somehow doing something with people and analytics. So, so what, I never heard of this. I mean, I, like, and, at the time, I'm like, what is... And so I, I looked at it. I'm like, oh, HR. I'm like, fascinating. So I applied. I just applied. I'm like, oh, we'll see what happens. And I, I got a call and and I was, you know, I was lucky. I was given a, I was given an opportunity to come in because at the time at, at WeWork, there were 2,000 employees. So early stage, 2,000 employees. They were growing really fast, but there were no analytics systems. HR systems, right? There was no way to know, understand like what was happening in terms of engagement, headcount, attrition, none of those things. And so they wanted someone to come in and just figure it out and build something. And so at the time, I wasn't quite sure, you know, end to end how I was going to really do it. But I was just like, yeah, I can do it. I can do everything. <laughs> so I just said yes to everything that they asked. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can do it. I can do it. And, and, and but that's what, that's, that's it, right? You, you know, you, you just say yes, and you figure it out. And so I came in and, 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 and it was, I learned so much, right? I mean, three years later, I built an 18 person team, um, you know, like alongside also my co-founder, Gabe, who was also with me at the time, was my first hire actually. Um, we built an 18 person team, we had built incredible systems and we had learned so much along the journey for the, for those three years. Cause we went from 2000 employees to 15,000 employees in three years. So we learned, I mean, we saw, we saw like 10 years worth of growth in those, in that three years. Uh, and that for me changed everything, I'd say. Yeah. So what, like, obviously you had an opportunity we worked to kind of move in the people analytics space for the first time, build a, a function from the ground up. 
what looking back, like, what do you think is, was the most important thing that you did that, that set yourself up for success in kind of building that people analytics function? Because I think that that is, you know, obviously companies like WeWork and Snap and, you know, larger companies, many tech companies, they'll have uh, a people analytics or data science team or individual other companies, um, you know, who are further, not as far along in the uh, in their curve, right, of adoption on people analytics, they might be in the early stages of building that. So what is there anything that you've learned, you know, through trial and error and probably mistakes along the way in building that function at WeWork that, you know, these people should know, hey, be sure that you do X or you don't do Y when they're building their own people analytics function? No, absolutely. Um, so I think one of the things I did was I, I, I did a lot of just research. I spoke to people. You know, to be honest, I, was like, I think it helped that I wasn't a HR person when I started because I thought about it. It was so different. The way my mindset going to it, the way I approached it was, was unorthodox, right? I just, so I spoke to, I spoke to a lot of people, like a lot of HR people, but a lot of just analytics leaders. Because for me, at the, at the crux of it was, well, it was HR analytics, but it's analytics, sports analytics, e-commerce analytics, marketing analytics, whatever it is, it's analytics, right? The concepts are the same. What is different is the data, the domain. And so for me, I had to figure out, well, first of all, I have to build a system and a process where I can get the data, transform the data, structure it, and then analyze the data and tell a story. That was, that was the core of what it was. And so I started speaking to leaders, even though we, within WeWork, other leaders within analytics that were doing things like the sales and marketing analytics. And the product analytics. And as I was talking to them, I became close to them. I'm like, well, I've seen you built a 50-person function. How did you do it? So you have these incredible leaders that tell me, oh, yeah, okay, well, you need to set up this, set this up, set this up, set this up. Like, I just had incredible guidance from this amazing experienced leaders. And I just, I'm like, why reinvent the wheel? So I did that, right? I just, well, okay, well, I need it. I need, I need in the data lake, right? Okay, well, we'll spin up AWS, we get redshift in, we, <laughs> like, we just set all these things up. Okay, then next thing, you have to create a pipeline. I just did those, I just followed those steps. Um, and then, just really just, there was there was trial and error, but the bit, one of the things that I did was um, really from the beginning, just set expectations as to what the journey would look like, what they, need to, what they needed to expect, you know, like, and then the biggest thing was finding within the organization who were the leaders that were willing to adopt first, right? And so, and so once that, that's the thing, people like within organizations, if you're trying to set up an analytics function, a lot of times that's a new thing, right? Uh, with new things, there's, there might be a bit of reluctance because we, we face some pushback from certain leaders are like, well, what is this? Like, what are you trying to do here? Um, but I had to find one of those two, one or two leaders that were like, oh, they wanted to, they were like forward thinking. They wanted to kind of see the data and things like that. And so, when we started building this analytics and, and the dashboards, uh, we found those leaders, we collaborated with them. We we're like, okay, well, here's your function. And then for the first time, they were able to see like headcount nutrition. And then imagine going to a meeting with other leaders and then the CEO is asking for headcount nutrition. This executive pull up, pulls up this beautiful looking dashboard and starts saying, oh, this is the headcount, my headcount, my nutrition. Next thing you know, we had other leaders, other leaders pinging me on Slack. Ah, uh, so I saw you build for uh, him. Uh, can you uh, build that for me? Because now, like, that person was looking good, right? And so, in everything, it's just like finding who those partners would be from the beginning, from the get-go, 
And, go, and that was advice I got. And I did that. I mean, and that worked tremendously for me. But one thing I would say was at 2000 employees, Lars, we were already late. You know, I'm trying to understand because we already were seeing attrition. We already were seeing quite a few things that any growing company would have. And so my advice for companies is saying, look, you, analytics, by the time you get to about 100, 120 employees, you start to need systems. If you went to 2,000 employees, I've seen some cases, even at five or 10,000 employees, there's no people in analytics. You are so late by then. So start early to create the foundations because that helps you to avoid a lot of headaches down the line, um, which we have to deal with that 2,000 employees. Hey everyone. I'm excited to introduce you to the new Amplify Accelerator platform. The Amplify and redefining HR ecosystem have evolved quite a bit over the last two years, starting with a podcast, growing to a book, and now leading to a full platform aimed at developing and supporting the next generation of chief people officers. You know, the mission of Amplify is accelerating innovation at scale, and we now do that through HR executive search services, cohort courses, communities, jobs, and media. That includes the podcast and the book. So you can check all of this out at AmplifyTalent.com. And now back to the show. That's great advice. So hopefully uh, for you people leaders out there, you know, listening, uh, you can you can take that to heart because uh, it's a good way to start. And again, I loved your approach of um, talking to the people who've just, who've done it and who've built those teams and learning from them. And again, this, we, we, we tend to overcomplicate things at times in HR. And again, I think that's why, you know, I'm such a big champion of open source practices because there's people who have done that thing you're doing. Find them, learn from them. Chances are they're willing to share not just their philosophy, but like templates and tools and things they use to build that. So, um, you know, take advantage of that so that you don't have to invest in building everything from the ground up, particularly if you're, you know, further down the curve and you're doing things that, you know, other organizations have already done. Um, I want to shift towards your new venture. So, you know, last year you left your people analytics role at Snap to co-found Equitable. So talk to me a little bit about that experience. Like where, where did the idea from Equitable come from? When did you know that it was time to leave a corporate role, to go out on your own and, and build something? Like I'd love to learn more about just the, the origin story of how Equitable came to be. No, for sure. So, um, I mean, I, I've, I've had in my mind since I was around 17, that I wanted to build something in the US. <laughs> like I don't know. Like I'm like, oh, I wanna, I wanna, you know, because back then I would I would I would see the magazines of the startup founders, right? Like um building these incredible tech companies in the in uh, in the US. And I'm like, oh, and I was just like, you know, it's, it's the, I was living in I was living in Botswana at the time, and and I would I would like read, I would see these magazines in the different shops and I'll get them and I'll like look through. I was like, oh man, I want to build something cool. I want to build something that's going to help and change. So I, you know, there's that seed there years, years ago. And so um, in coming to America, uh, just like going through college, there's, there's, you know, I tried out different, I was like, you know, who's the one like thinking of new ideas? I'm like, oh, what about this idea? What if you build that into a startup? But well, none of those obviously worked. <laughs> like, it's just, it was just like, I was good ideas. Or just like ideas. Um, and then finally, you know, um, you know, it was during my time actually at, at WeWork that, that the idea, the seed of the idea started to form. And that's, I mean, for me, that's great because I feel like some of the, some of the best ideas, maybe not all, but some of the best ideas 
come from the experience that you have, the pain points that you're dealing with on a daily basis. And you're like, okay, this is ridiculous. I want to solve something here, right? I want to, I don't want to keep doing this. And so during that time at WeWork, um, yeah, they came about because we built this, this system to do people analytics. Um, you know, we realistically it took us about two years and two million, $2 million to really build a robust system that did this. Um, but as we, as we started thinking about that and that, one 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 day after work, I had a had a drink with with Game, my 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 co-founder, and we were chatting. Then he's like, "I want to build something." I'm like, "Dude, same." <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, you know, "I'm thinking of this idea." And then you know, we're like, "You." Yeah. It took us what two years to build this, really, and two million dollars. But a lot of organizations don't have the luxury of that time or money to do this. So, and we take what we did here. And build that into a product, which can which which sits on top of the different HR systems and takes in all that data, restructures it, and gives insights. Can we do that? Can can that be a product that we build? And and then we're like, yeah, I think we can do it. <laughs> that was and it was like it was, it was just crazy. Like yeah, we can, we can do it. Let's do it. Let's try it. Like we did nights and weekends after work. We'll just go. We'll, we'll, we'll work on it. Just started sketching things out, started thinking about it, weekends would meet up. And that's how the idea formed over time. And yeah, so to answer your question, it was during that time of WeWork uh, that uh, through doing it, through building it, did we realize that actually there is room here for innovation. Well, see, I think so many ideas like this start when you're doing something else, right? And I think, you know, it would be, it would be fascinating to kind of understand how many people have that idea for something, but for whatever reason, they're just, you know, not in a life place to kind of, make that leap, right? And kind of leave that corporate role to, to, to invest in that idea. And then, you know, people like you who have that idea and you let it build, and then you realize, you know, it's time to, to, to go and build this and, and give it a shot. And interesting kind of connecting that back to your aspirations to being an entrepreneur when you were 17, you know, and kind of the, how that led you to where you are now. So um, I'd love, if you wouldn't mind, just give a, an overview of equitable um, as, as, a, as a company, as a technology, as a platform, like you mentioned, you know, you kind of sit on top of the uh, HR data that organizations have. But tell me a little bit more about uh, how the product works and then how some of your clients are using it. Lars, if, if you look at it, like I realized, because when I went from, from WeWork to Snap, it was the same thing, right? Like same issues and like where it's like, okay, there's, there's data, but like how do we get to the insights, right? And so at, yeah, at some point, like, we work, I worked at, we work, worked at Snap and I'm like, you know what? We were like, we're done. Let's, let's go. Let's just go and build this company now. Cause we're seeing the same problem. We talk to, we talk to people in the, in the industry and we keep seeing the same problem. And so we just, we, we, we quit, which was hard because yeah, it's hard to live, uh, uh, you know, a job <laughs> that, that, you know, I think a very good job. I mean, this company is a really good company uh, to work at. And I, you know, I owe so much to them and I'm grateful but to build, to pursue a dream. And, but for us, the, the, the idea here was we want to build something that's going to help organizations. And, and at, the core, at the core of that, that's what it is, right? Equitable helps organizations to make, you know, data-driven people decision. That's the core of what it is. Because at the end of the day, people spend so much time at work. We are using data to make decisions about our product, about our marketing strategies. What about the most important resources, which is our people? Why is that the place where we use our gut feel? <laughs> Whereby for the most part, like a lot of times the gut feel could be wrong, could be off, right? And so that's the core. We want to enable companies to make better decisions. And so what Equitable does to, to aid that is 
wasted on top of your HR system. So you have different HR systems, HR technologies from, from your ATSs to your HRIS, to your LMS, to your survey tools. You have all these data input systems, right? And that's great because a lot of times people use the best in class tools to, to, to do those different things. But now we saw that there was this gap between, okay, so you have all this raw data, the raw materials. Going back to what I said earlier, right? It's like this raw materials, you have all this data. But there was the gap between that and getting insights to make decisions. We started to see that. And so we want to be that bridge, basically. And so, and so we said, okay, well, you use whatever systems you need. We're tool agnostic. It doesn't really matter to us. Use the best in class tools. We'll come in. We'll sit on top of all those different tools. We'll take in all, we ingest the data. And then we'll have this, you know, we'll create these data models that, that changes that and gives you insights on your employees. So insights around, well, what is the cost of my attrition? Um, are we actually being fair in our candidate pattern and how we, we uh, progress people through the stages? Do we have discriminant hiring? Um, why aren't people accepting our offers? <laughs> is it because we're taking too long between when we, you know, between when we start interviewing and when the offer, when we get to the offer, and then you know, the person has been already poached by a different company? Right. These are all these questions that are being asked uh, around diversity, equity, inclusion. Like we enable companies, we give them the answers and the tools, we use their data, and that's essentially what Equitable does. And how did you land on the name? Equitable. And then for those of you that are, are watching or viewing, um, it's spelled E-Q-T-B-L-E. Um, so if you go to the website, use that and you should go to the website. Um, but how, how curious, like how obviously, you know, the, the name and then and the spelling of the name, like where, 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 where did that come from? Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, it's so startup-y, right? Like, it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, but given that we're just like, when we we say we'll try to find a name for the company, it's, we'll try out different names. We try to hundreds of variations of names and then oh man, i just looked at gabe i was like gabe equitable he was like oh try it and then i like obviously we, we typed equitable like equitable the name it was it's taken there's a big massive company with a full equitable name and i'm like mm, why don't we remove the vowels because that's what it's like a startup thing to do remove the vowels in the middle <laughs> so we just moved the vowels to like e-q-t-b-l-e it, it was it was available for like 15 bucks. We're like, yep, we got it. <laughs> and we're like, that's the name. And we just, but you know, the concept for us went to have a name that was, that was, you know, something like we, that had to do with fairness and things like, that's a big thing for myself and, and uh, my co-founders, fairness. And so, yeah, Equitable, it worked out and yeah, we had the domain. And so we just bought it. And yeah, that's, that's been the name. <laughs> well, I mean, it's interesting because I think when you, when you look at your, your product and the space that you kind of occupy with the product, you know, the two when you when you break down modern HR, modern people operations, there's there's a, a range of different components of that that I think are are the way that we think about it, the way that we approach it, the way that we do that work is very different than the legacy HR predecessors. But two of those, two of the largest pillars are diversity, equity, and inclusion, and people analytics. You know, and your platform sits you know squarely across both of those. What has the reaction been from the kind of your, your customers and, and the HR market as you've begun taking the product to market? Yeah, no, we've we've had we have a lot of learns along the way, but it's been it's been good, right? Um, both the not so good and good all been good, right? Um, when we started the, when we started the first the first version of our product, um, which I think every company deals with that wasn't like we you know, like we put out the first version and then you know as we started to see the response, we're like, oh okay, this isn't quite answering some of the questions 
quite yet. Um, but that was good because we had a hypothesis going into, into building the product. We're like, oh, we're going to build the product this way. But it was so humbling, which is what, I mean, that's incredible, right? Because when you start talking to customers and potential customers, they're like, oh, well, what about this question? What about that question? And it's not to change what we were building. We're like, no, they want to see insights. The way we're building doesn't actually give them the insights easily. So let's change. And so we, last year, we, 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 if, you know, changed the way the UX was, the UI, the way we're delivering the insights, just all those things based on all the conversations that people were uh, willing to have with us. And that was great. That changed the game for us. We started to grow because we we're asking questions. Um, so I think the market, the response to the market in terms, I mean, right now, I mean, a lot of companies are, you know, trying to push on the DEI, um, like just a lot of DEI questions, trying to un- make sure that understand, okay, well, are we, are we having diverse teams? Are we, you know, a lot of companies are beginning to think of that. And so those companies that begin to think of that, those companies that are actually forward thinking, um, we've had a lot of just like, just, just, just get great reactions. And then we've had certain, obviously, with, with anything, it's like, there's always a good and bad. Then we've had certain uh, people that are just like, oh, what are they trying to do? <laughs> uh, you know, and so, but but that's that's fine, right? Like, you, you need to have those competitions. You need to have those, those like, people that, oh, what are you doing? Like, they don't believe that you're going to, you know, are you going to behave in a year's time? In a year's time? Like, are you just, dude, this is just like a small project for you. But no, it's not a project. This is, a, we raised money. This is a company. We're trying to build this. We're trying to change things. And so, but all in all, for me, I think that is good because, um, that's fuel for me. That's fuel for us as an organization. Um, our customers, seeing them use our product to make decisions, fuels us to actually build even a stronger product. Uh, because for us, at the end of the day, you spend a lot of your time working at work. People spend a lot of their time at work. We want to make sure that companies are being fair to them. Uh, companies are actually um, using the right data to make decisions that affects them. Um, and so, yeah, it's just been, it's been good all well, what's, so for listeners and viewers that want to learn more um, about Equitable, maybe get a demo, maybe learn more, what, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, yeah, just eqtble.com, reach out equitable.com. And on our website, you know, there's, we have, we have where you can just like input for your email and then, you know, reach out for a demo. Or you can just like re- ping me, ping me on, the, on LinkedIn, Joseph Ifiegbu. Um, yeah, just, I'm, I'm always happy to chat with people and, and show demos, so. Um, yeah, really, really, if you just, yeah, just Google it, Equitable, uh, or LinkedIn, uh, I'll be happy to, to assist. All right. Well, Joseph, I, I really appreciate you coming on, sharing more about Equitable and your own career path and journey. Um, we close out every episode with a lightning round. It was just a fun way for the, uh, viewers and listeners to get to know you a little bit better. So you're ready to jump right in. Let's so do it. the nature of lightning round, try to keep your answers to, uh, you know, a sentence or two, and we'll just drill through these really quickly. Sounds um, good. First off, uh, I'm checking out your Spotify playlist. Who will I learn are your top three artists? Uh, oh man, uh, Drake, Aero uh, yep. Sweatshirt, um, and Isaiah Rashad right now. All right. Um, Netflix, streaming, whatever. What, what, what are your binge? What's the last show you binged on? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, currently watching uh, Too Hot to Handle. Uh, Sucker okay. for bad reality TV. I, it's like my, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> it's terrible. I, I also have a sucker for bad reality TV, so I, yeah. I haven't seen that yet, but I may have to check it out now. Yeah, totally. Um, if you weren't, uh, so okay, you, you're currently an entrepreneur. You've been a data scientist. Uh, I'm taking soccer off the table too, just to make that interesting. <laughs> yeah. You can't do any one of those three things. Yeah. Uh, what would you be doing? I'll probably be a writer. I love, yeah. I love writing. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, just last question for you. Who is one uh, uh, HR business leader who you admire and why? Uh, Amit. 
Ahmed, uh, he's the, he's the, he leads and teaches actually people analytics. I think it was, I don't know if it's Stanford or, but yeah, but he's, he's someone that he's just an incredible leader in the space. Uh, very kind of had a few conversations with him. Um, I just, you just, you know, again, yeah, just kind, thoughtful, intelligent, brilliant, uh, but kind. That's the big thing. And so I just, I admire Ahmed for sure. All right. Well, Joseph, thanks so much for coming on the show, sharing your uh, your wisdom, your journey, and what you're building. And so, uh, if you're viewing or watching, check it out. Uh, definitely going to keep an eye on how you're building that and scaling it, and uh, look forward to staying in touch. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Lars. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Redefining HR. For more information on the podcast, past episodes, future guests, the Redefining HR book, or free resources, be sure to check out redefininghr.com. And if you dig this podcast, why don't you share it with your CEO, your executive team, and your friends to help them discover what Redefining HR is all about. If you really dig this podcast, I'd love for you to leave a review on whatever podcast delivery vehicle your ears prefer. See you next week.